Acts chapter 14, we'll read verses 8 through 10. Just dropping right into the middle of an account there of Paul's during his ministry. Acts chapter 14, verse 8 says, In Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently, and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful, Lord, for the power that you have, capability, Lord, to do anything that you choose, Father. We thank you, Lord, that this power is wielded on our behalf. Father, you temper this power with a love that we cannot explain, we can't fully even understand, Lord, but help us to trust you that you do love us, Father, and you are willing to use this power for our good always. Father, do a perfect work in your people. Help us to be satisfied with that, Father, and have the faith to trust that hand of yours to do good for us. Bless us as we consider your word this evening, I pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can look around, it is Friday, which tends to be our least populous uh, meeting, certainly, but there have been a number of different ones who have been ill, and we go to prayer here in just a moment. I have a list of different ones who have contacted me and let me know that they're not well, and some of you perhaps aren't feeling quite right this evening yourself, I'm not sure, Uh, but, well, sickness is a reality for us oftentimes, particularly in this time of year as we enter into winter time. And there is a real sizable faction of the body of Christ that will tell you that to a very real measure that is your fault when you are ill, that you don't have the faith. You are ill because you don't have sufficient faith not to be so. And they might point to this passage here as support for that where it says, seeing that he had faith to be healed, this one. Paul saw that he had faith, and because of that faith, Paul said, stand up. Stand up and get straight on your feet here. And what they do is they suggest that this is the obvious and intended outcome for all of God's people in all situations of illness, all situations of of sickness and the like. And I know I've heard stories from some very close to me who have been in meetings, visited different places. I've seen it for myself when people... We'll lay hands, as we do oftentimes over here, as, as people feel led to come forward. We do such things, trusting the Lord that he's capable for healing. I've seen it for myself and others, as I mentioned, have had hands laid upon them, similar to how we do it. But there's a full expectation that there needs to be a work that's done right then, a physical healing that has to take place, or else there is a lack, not on God's part, but on our part for not having that faith to receive that work that God in their mind plainly and absolutely wants to do and will do if the faith is sufficient there. So I'll just ask you what you think about that. When we are ill, is it because we don't have the faith not to be? I say, no, that's not the case. And I guess I will kind of amend that and say, that's not typically the case because God does reserve the right. If it's good for you in the moment, that he allows something to stick around for you because you have demonstrated a lack of faith in that in whatever capacity that might be. be care- I want you to not misunderstand me. But the Lord can look into your heart and say, 
This one hasn't trusted in a certain situation or whatever the case might be. And he can allow that to stick around. But that's not what he says must be done until we have the faith for that healing. There have been people who don't have faith for healing that the Lord has determined they need to be healed on the spot. And there have been those who have faith for healing that the Lord has determined that they will not be so. So we cannot take this hard, fast stance that different ones have. I'll say it this way. If we can take that stance, then I need to look at some people in a little bit of a different way. People in Scripture. People who I admire for their faith. People like Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 14. What does he say there? We read this not too long ago. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. And I'll leave it right there. Elisha, where was your faith in this situation? He'd become sick. I don't think that Elisha can be accused of being faithless in any manner. We know that he moved forward with Elijah when it would have been simpler for him not to. We know that he saw God's deliverance and his willingness to deliver when others would not see it. We know that he pushed back and held fast in faith when it was at his own peril when he did so. I don't think that we can say that he was a faithless man, and I imagine he would have had faith for the Lord to heal. He had faith in order to watch other people be resurrected, raised from the dead, even, through his own, uh, well, his own use by the Lord. He had faith, this man was, and yet illness got him. It's as simple as that. He wasn't alone, was he? I've got a number of verses just to throw up there for you. You don't have to turn there because I'll read little portions of each one of these for you. These ones who were faithful, whose bodies failed. Each one of these represent one. Uh, Genesis 23, 1. So Sarah died in Kirjath Arba. That is Hebron. That's the wife of Abraham, obviously. In the land of Canaan, Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And by the same token, in Genesis 25, 8, Abraham breathed his last and died. In a good old age, an old man and full of years and was gathered to his people. Now, I don't know what it was that got them specifically. If it was just that their age got them and wore out. I was talking with Brother Gary just prior to service, and he says, you know what, sometimes you just get to a certain age and things stop working. It just is what it is. What it is. There's an expiration date for these bodies. Regardless of what it was that got these two, they, well, you can read about it. They vocally expressed both of them, that their bodies were shutting down. They didn't expect certain things from them. Uh, it got them, even though they were plainly of faith. Genesis 35, 29. Their son, Isaac, breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, being old and full of days. We don't know what his health was, what got him, what took him, his body and caused it to shut down, but his eyes were dim, right? His eyes were so dim he didn't even recognize his own son and blessed the wrong one in his mind. Uh, Genesis 48, 1. His son, Jacob, now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, Indeed, your father, Jacob, is sick. He was ill. Genesis 50, verse 24, Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying. I can go on and on with these things. We'll leave Genesis and go to 1 Samuel. Then Samuel died. 1 Kings 2, David rested with his fathers. What do all these ones have in common? Well, they were known for their faith, so well known for their faith that they're included in Hebrews chapter 11 that we call the Hall of Fame of Faith. Do you think these ones lacked faith to be healed? I don't believe so. I don't believe that they would have lacked that faith at all. One more example is that one who 
Well, who the Lord used in our opening passage there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. A lot of people have speculated what this thorn in the flesh was for Paul. I don't need to speculate it. What I know is what he says about it. He says, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Simple as that. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. I don't know exactly what it was. You know what people say, his eyes and that sort of thing. Perhaps, I don't know, and it just it doesn't really matter when you get right down to it. It doesn't change anything. What we know is that the flesh was involved. We know that there was a weakness, there was a frailty, a thorn being something figuratively or literally caused pain, whatever the case might have been. It was a weakness, an ailment, a frailty of some sort that caused him pain. Emotionally, perhaps. Mentally, perhaps. Physically, perhaps. Any of the above. It caused him enough discomfort that he cried out to the Lord. That's what we're intended to do. It buffeted him. It punched him. Struck him. That's what that word means. It says, concerning this thing I pleaded with, I besought the Lord. Invited. Invited deliverance. Uh, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Now when he pled with the Lord, do you suppose this man to whom this grace message was given, do you suppose that he pled with him in lack of faith? Do you suppose he pled with the Lord, well, after telling different ones? Well, teaching them what the Lord had, expounding what we see in the Old Testament, bringing what the Lord had shown him these revelations that he was talking about in that prior passage. Do you suppose that this one was going to the Lord in hypocrisy, expecting different things from those ones that he's preaching to, and going to the Lord? We can do such things when we're in the flesh, certainly, but I don't believe that was the case, right? It says he pled with the Lord three times that it might depart from him. And and the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect weakness. I think Paul went to the Lord with the faith to be healed, and the Lord said, I recognize your faith to be healed, and I'm perhaps not going to heal you. (laughs) doesn't seem that he did. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And how did Paul respond in the second half of verse 9? Therefore, as a result, because of that strength, because of that provision that the Lord gives in his grace, he says, therefore, most gladly, I will instead... I will, as a result of that, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I think Paul had the faith, certainly had the faith to be healed, but I believe that he exercised the faith to endure, is what he showed. Uh, And, well, there is a difference sometimes. The faith was rewarded, we understand that. The power of Christ was rested upon him. The Lord's strength was perfected in Paul's weakness. We know how Paul ended up. I'm not going to sit and say, well, as a, as a comparison, this man had faith to be healed there in verse 9 back in our opening passage. He had faith to be healed, it says. Uh, Paul recognized that, observed him intently, saw that he had that faith to be healed, and he said, stand up straight on your feet. I don't want to speculate, and I don't want to say, you know, that this man only had faith to be healed, but could that have been the case, that he only had the faith to be healed? What do I mean by that? Is that Paul came by and looked at him and stared at him, 
Well, as a picture of how the Lord looks into our hearts, searches us and knows us to a measure that we don't even know ourselves. And he looked at this one, and perhaps the Lord looked at him and saw that this man only had the faith to be healed. That perhaps he was on the brink. The Lord knows us, you understand. The Lord knows your hurts. The Lord knows your pains. The Lord knows just how much you can take and knows that sometimes when we are in our flesh, we don't take much more. We can't handle much more of this, and perhaps the Lord saw. Perhaps the Lord saw in that moment that he was going to falter that man if Paul walked on by and he told Paul to stop and look into this one and recognize that he only had the faith. This is my last chance. This is my last chance and I'm, I don't have the faith to endure any longer. And the Lord touched him. Maybe God only saw the faith to be healed that was there and honored that faith in order that he might increase that man's faith so that later on, when he chose not to heal him, that that man would be prepared for that time and have the faith to endure in that moment. Saints, it takes faith, certainly, to believe that the Lord can heal us of our afflictions, can heal us of our infirmities. It takes faith to believe that he can do do something miraculous and remove those things away from us. But it takes no less faith to trust the Lord that he can bear us up. We can strengthen us while we're being perfected in those things and we fellowship with him in his sufferings. It takes faith to endure the things that the Lord allows us to. In either case, we're going to honor him and glorify him. According to my earnest expectation, as Paul says in Philippians 1.20, and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Whatever the situation might be, in sickness and in health, for rich or for poor, if you, want, if you want to go that direction, there is a wedded nature to that, certainly. But whether it's for your own health, your own sickness, your own struggle, your own hurts, or that of another, these ones who are suffering just now around us, these ones that perhaps not everybody knows but are dear to your own hearts, you trust the Lord and have faith that he will do what is perfect. Have faith for healing, definitely. But certainly, have faith for your enduring. God can and will work in both of those if you hand it over to him in faith.